0: In. Let's be. Let's uh. Let's pray together um, as we shift into the next uh, part of our service. God, we thank you for the journey we walk, and that we do not walk alone, and that we get to um, journey with one another, um, and that we get to learn from one another, and that we get to be reminded that you are with us in the midst of it all. I lift up to you all of the relationships that have been shared or maybe come to people's minds um, during these last few minutes. Um, Pray that that your healing spirit would be in the midst of whatever stage of um, mending or amending or um, holding that those relationships might be in, and we ask that um, you would do what only you can do, which is to mend hearts and spirits, um, so that love can once again emerge, uh, maybe in a different way than it had been before, but that one is uh, that it, uh, all the same reflects your intentions for each one of us and for the ways that we are in relationship with one another we pray all this in the name of your son jesus amen uh, this time i'll invite jackie to come up and, and read scripture
1: our scripture reading today comes from john 25 21 5-24 through 24. when they had finished breakfast jesus said to simon peter Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. He was the one who had reclined next to Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that you remain until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. So the rumor spread in the community that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and has written them. And we know that his testimony is true god had a
0: blessing to hearing and living off of the scripture let's begin with a word of prayer god we thank you for the gift to come together as a community to be reminded of your presence within us and around us and particularly at work uh, in your scripture. And so I pray that as we incline our hearts and our ears um, in your direction, that your spirit would um, move and that um, she would help us to clear away the clutter um, of our hearts and our minds so that we can be attentive to what it is that you are saying to us today. And we ask God that um, you would help us to be transformed by what it is that you are doing um, within us and among us uh, in this community and in other spaces that we find ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At the beginning of this chapter, Peter decides that he needs to work out all the feelings that he's got swirling around inside of him. So if we go back to the beginning of 21, you see that um, that he uh, that the, la- the days of the last week have been flashing through his mind. There's a beautiful dinner, a declaration of love, a trial, a verdict, and an execution. And right there in the middle of, the, middle of it all, he betrays the only person who really saw through his front and loved him anyway. So he does what he's always done when he needs to get his mind together. He picks up uh, his fishing nets and heads to the boat. A few of his buddies join him for a night that ends up adding insult to injury with not one successful catch. As the day breaks, a stranger on the shore tells him to put their nets out on the other side. And so, um, when the haul is more than they can pull in, Peter's like, I know who to say. <laughs> this stranger. And so, true sure to form, he jumps out of the boat. Scripture says um, some, some versions say he, he was naked and he like put up, well, he put on his boat and then he jumped into water and then he ran toward Jesus. So, I, you know, there's of all over the place. But at some point, um, they settle down uh, for breakfast uh, after you know all of his friends have had to lug in uh, the, the the catch, um, and they sit down to a breakfast of grilled fish. Um, and at some point in the conversation of um, kind of reunion and everything, the camera zooms in to focus on Peter and Jesus, and a kind of melancholy love saturates their conversation. Peter's remorse and shame runs really deep. After all, he denied knowing Jesus right in front of him as he was doing a perk walk from the courthouse to the jail. And even so, Jesus' forgiveness and love were deeper. They were both traumatized and vulnerable. Jesus was wounded physically by the execution and emotionally by the abandonment. Peter, by his own acts of betrayal and the violence of the state. He can't take back his words, and Jesus can't unhear what was said. This is a reunion of two people who have been through too much, pretend like nothing happened, and then they can just go back the way that things were. If you're like me, and you look back at photos from two years ago, you, you might do it with wonder, right? All of us crowded together, arms around each other, singing without a second thought, all up in each other's bubbles without masks. I was carefree and cavalier, giving hugs to strangers at the Pride Parade, riding buses during rush hour traffic, flying on planes, all without a shred of anxiety. I assumed that Sundays together would just stretch out before us forever unending. We'd gather fruit to sing freely, to pass the peace, to hug necks, and go out for brunch or coffee or whatever. I had no idea how good I had it. And then COVID came upon us with a level of drama that we have only seen in the Marvel universe. Thanos snapped his fingers and we were, the world stopped and we were all zoomed away, uh, slipped away to Zoom rooms. At first our eyes had to adjust to screen fatigue. We had to learn about things like blue light lenses and hiding self-view and we repeated the phrase, you're on mute more times than we ever thought we were in our entire life. With Church, there was a novel of live chatting uh, with one another using a bagel and. A Coffee, cup of coffee for communion elements and catching a glimpse into the opulent homes of our worship leaders and and pastors, but that's the obvious stuff. Less noticeable, at first anyway, were the absences, the squeezed hand at the end of a prayer, the unexpected conversation and catch-up after worship, the thematic party decorations provided by Liz and John, the warmth and welcome provided by Darren and Rollins and the worship team through their music, the praise dancing that was offered to the community uh, by Cora, like a slow drip from a faucet. What started out as negligible became unignorable um, and an irritant after a few months, and then turning into a kind of phantom pain after a few more, which became a relentless ache, and it. It all sat in a growing pool of lung and comprised of all the small ways that we were no longer able to embody our relationships with one another. And now we're back. Sort of. (laughs) There aren't as many kids around. There are no kids around. We're still wearing masks and keeping our distance, but after so long, it's good to feel the energy of other people in the same space, even if we are a little scattered out, right? To have our hearts and minds gathered together in the same direction through song and prayer and all the things that remind us that we are the part of the body of Christ. But still, things are not the same. And to be honest, we are not the same. Even though we are gathered together, things have happened. It has been 18 months. I had a baby. I grew a whole human, gave birth to them, and now they are seven months old. 18 months is a long time. And whether we've wanted it or not, we've had time to reflect about how we're living our lives or not, about who we're spending time with or not, about what increases joy in life or not. Something has ruptured, and we have some clarity about how we want to use our time and energy. And so in our own way, we are all trying to figure out what it looks like to repair the breaches. We can't just return to the way things were, not only because we are no longer the way that we were, but also because things are no longer the way that they were. And that feels rich and real, but also maybe a little bit sad, because something has been lost too. For Peter, and maybe for us too, the easy bravados of yesterdays have given away to a much more sober understanding today. If only Peter knew then what he knows now, right? He would have been more mindful, more attentive, more grateful. He'd taken it all for granted without a second thought. And what is left now is raw vulnerability, regret, shame, and a heart that is hoping that there might be some way to make amends, to capture what was once there. As it turns out, amends or amendments, is what their whole conversation ends up being about. Now last month at our soft launch if you were here, we talked about truth telling as an aspect of real community making. And this here in our passage today is a truth telling conversation that they are having. It's not enough to show up and come along for the ride anymore, Jesus says. You can't just talk big and then ask to sit at my right hand without putting in the work. So Jesus looks at the food that they're sharing. Simon, of John do you love me, one of me? What? Yes. You know I love you, bro. He looks up and feed my lambs. Jesus then looks him in the eye. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Avoiding eye contact, Peter says, come on. Me. You know I love you. Maybe there's a crack in his voice. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus' gaze is steady, but maybe grows more intense. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Of course Peter loves Jesus. Lord, you know everything. He looks at him, his eyes feeling filled with remorse. You know everything. His shoulders fall, and he looks down, defeated. You know I love you. Of course, Peter loves Jesus. And of course, Jesus knows that Peter loves him. But it's not enough if it doesn't lead to anything real. In order to mend their relationship, in order to make amends, they must also make amendments. Amendments refine the agreement. They say, just to make sure we're on the same page, let me spell it out and make it plain. So there is no misunderstanding. Jesus is making amends and amendments to their shared definition of love. Love means feeding my lambs, taking care of my sheep, putting your body on the line for them like I put mine on the line for you. Do you love me now? Let's keep it real. We don't have time for anything else. After these last 18 months, many of us who are here are here because we are ready for something deeper, richer, and realer. We have missed each other terribly, powerfully. We have missed this. Perhaps even surprisingly, we've realized just how much we need this community or communities like this. Our relationships have been disrupted by forces beyond our control, but... It is well within our ability to restore them. And if we're going to restore them, we may as well amend them, amend them. And while we mend them, we may as well make amendments to them. So you are here today because you need something. Connection, grounding, spiritual sustenance. What do you need? What do you need? And how do you need it? What is the amendment that you are proposing in your relationship to Jesus? So, I want you to take a few minutes to reflect on this. Why are you here? What do you need? And how do you need it? Be specific. If you're looking for connection, how do you want connection? Through small groups, through shared meals? If you're looking for spiritual sustenance, how do you want this? What is it that spiritually sustains you, that feeds you? So, you should have received a slip of paper and a pencil when you came in. We'll post it. And if you didn't, um, just wave your hand and we'll make sure that you get that. You should have received a slip of paper and a pencil. If you didn't, wave your hand. Um, and then I want you to write down on that slip of paper what you need and how you need it. To answer those questions, and, and she, if you could make a slide, um, it would say, um, uh, Why are you here? what do you need and how do you need it what are you what is the amendment that you're proposing in your relationship with jesus and with the body of christ which is us or the community of folks um, gathered together so i'm going to give you five minutes i'll set a timer Um, and if we could maybe have some music that's played during that time that would be great And then we'll come back together.